The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by Relola. The Relola app helps agents leverage their local expertise. Create a beautiful interactive map of everything you love about your community, from businesses to listings to local features. Share it on Facebook and your website. And it's free for all realtors in 2018. Learn more at relola.com. You want to be known for something. You don't want to you know, try to appeal to everyone because then you appeal to no one. You're just white noise. And that's really what, you know, in my experience, the majority of agents do and what the majority of agents are taught, like, don't talk about yourself, be, you know, as, as appealing to everyone as you can. And, and I believe more the opposite. I mean, just like, you know, the, the divas that you referred to, like, you know, they have doubled down on, you know, their community involvement and their involvement politics. And like, that makes them appeal to a you know, very specific group of people and that's the people they want to work with. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 139 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for finding us uh, on the internet. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast and leaving a rating and a review. It's how we grow and how we continue to find guests like today's Christian Harris from Seatown Real Estate up in Seattle, Washington. Yes, another guest from the Pacific Northwest. There's a reason I talk to a lot of these guys because they're doing some really neat stuff. Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. First things first, you are also a podcaster. Let's talk about that really fast. I, I want to make sure I get this information out quick because we'll talk about it again later. But the name of your podcast or two and uh, how people can find it. Sure. My, uh, the, the podcast that I host is a hyper-local podcast about uh, I interview Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, community leaders. Um, that one's called the Seatown Podcast. Uh, coincidentally, same name as my brokerage, but it doesn't have anything to do with real estate. So. Um, and the second one that um, I have, I'm doing in conjunction with Nathan White um, and Chris Lazarus um, that I met, I met them at Inman last year. And that one's called Rethink Real Estate. Um, and that's geared toward real estate agents, brokerages, kind of about tech and technology and how to run, um, how to run a brokerage and just kind of issues that, that we all kind of deal with, um, kind of a mastermind idea. So. Yeah, so it's a, it's a recorded mastermind where you're sharing ideas and talking about what's happening. Interview a guest every now and then, I take it. Yep, exactly. Awesome, awesome. And all, all over the place, iTunes, you know, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the shows, right? Yep, all over the interwebs. Yeah, cool. Now, a native of Seattle? Uh, about as native as, as they get. Um, I was actually brought here by my, my dad when he, when he got a job at, uh, at Microsoft back in 1990. Uh, so I grew up here. Uh, that was, you know, grade school for me. And uh, so I grew up in one of the, the suburbs in Woodville, but I've lived in Seattle proper for uh, about 15 years and specifically West Seattle since I've been married for about 12 years. Okay. And let's talk about your favorite part of Seattle and your least favorite part. <laughs> Everybody's got something, right? Sure. Um, I mean, I, yeah, as far as ge- geographically, you know, I love West Seattle. Obviously that's, that's home for me, but um, I think the aspects of Seattle that I love the best um, probably just be the, the vibrant culture, you know, the food, the arts, uh, music, um, you know, really anything you, you want, uh, anything you're into, you know, it's here and then you're, you know, half hour, 45 minutes away from hiking and backpacking and rock climbing and outdoor stuff. So, um, the part that the least favorite would, would probably be, uh, some of the, the, just the cost of living, um, as you and your listeners are probably aware, 
you know, it's one of the hottest real estate markets, which means, you know, the prices are continuing to go up and uh, it's great for sellers, very challenging for, for buyers. Um, and along with that kind of comes the tax implications. One, one of the themes I hear a lot in when I interview business owners is it, there's just so much red tape and it's so expensive. There's so many taxes um, and just the, the political climate is not very friendly towards businesses. Um, and so that, that can be very challenging. And you, and you have a lot of people who want to move there, right? And I was talking to Phil Greeley about that just a few episodes ago about, I guess he said there's more cranes in downtown Seattle than any other city in the country. Is that true? Um, it, was, it was last time I checked and that was wow. a couple, couple of weeks ago. Yeah, just there's so many people moving in, just the simple economics of supply and demand are, are really driving kind of the, the growth economically and housing wise. Yeah. So a lot of high rise apartments and condominiums, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, there's there's a lot of those downtown. I mean, even in West Seattle, which is you know kind of a quaint neighborhood, uh, you know they're they're going as high as they can, and there's tons of new construction and cranes here too. So, so let's talk about West Seattle because I've I've been to uh, downtown Seattle a, a number of times for different conferences and events. So, kind of talk me through um, what West Seattle is. You mentioned high rises. Is there a height limit? <laughs> and that's probably a bone of contention with some developers. But <laughs> let's, um, ta- let's talk about that. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's kind of the a main commercial sector. Um, and I think the height limit is like five or six stories. So we're not talking super sky rise, but uh, it's definitely changing the the character of the neighborhoods because it, it's a lot of 1920s through 40s craftsmen in some mid-century neighborhoods. And obviously, when they change that and they put in big modern buildings, uh, you know, it, it, it totally changes the feel of, uh, mm-hmm. of the neighborhoods. Families, mostly families, a lot of uh, small businesses, kind of what makes it up? Uh, yeah, that seems to be kind of, you know, people that, that want to start families kind of seem to gravitate uh, gravitate here or um, maybe some retirees, but I think in general, it tends to be um, kind, of, kind of the middle-aged, uh, kind of my age group, you know, the 30s and 40s with uh, young families. Um, you know, some some definitely cooler, more desirable neighborhoods up like North Seattle, like Ballard and Fremont, uh, kind of where, you know, uh, Phil worked, kind of that, that neighborhood. And uh and that tends to be a little younger crowd, a uh, lot more gentrification going on, that sort of stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. And let's talk about um, you then, a little bit less about Seattle. I want to find out about you. I, I've asked this question to almost every guest, but, and I'm going to just go off the odds. My, my own little predictive analytics tell me that you probably weren't thinking about a career in real estate uh, as a teenager. Am I right? Uh, that, that is correct. Um, I kind of fell into it, which I think was probably a lot of people um, in my in my early 20s, I had a bit of a uh, addiction to musical equipment and recording. Um, so all my friends were, were musicians. And so I started off doing live sound and then that kind of gravitated into a uh, recording studio and, and stuff. Um, and I had a, an older friend, a mentor who was a finished carpenter. So, so I was pretty fortunate to kind of fall into doing finished carpentry as a, uh, as a career for a while because you make pretty good money. It's a good skill set to have uh, no shortage of work. Um, but as I was getting older and starting to have a family, I, I was kind of thinking, I don't really want to be swinging a hammer and wearing bags when I'm 40 years old. Um, so I started thinking about kind of what's next. And uh, and real estate just kind of made sense because I already knew the product. You know, I already understood how it goes together, what's important, what's not important, uh, that sort of stuff. And uh, so I kind of fell into doing doing real estate, um, you know, with the, as we like to say, the bar being so low, it's pretty easy to get your license and uh, get started. Just a real quick aside, I'm guessing the bar being so low is kind of a pain for you now that you're doing what you're doing. 
you know, I've got some some different I, ideas about things. I mean, people like to kind of talk about the, the issue with real estate uh, being that the bar so low, and so you get a lot of part time agents and and that's that kind of thing. I'm I'm more on the the side, you know, being a uh, owner of a, a brokerage. I'm more on the side of I think that that would be solved if brokerages did better training and were more better at their their coaching and and that sort of stuff. And so like that's really where a lot of my emphasis is is agent support kind of the things that I didn't get when I was a new agent, or if I did get it, it was very sporadic and wasn't systematized. And, um, you know, so, so, so it's that kind of stuff. I think that if brokerages did a better job at, at managing and training and mentoring their new agents, then there wouldn't be so much of an issue with having a, a quote low bar of entry. Uh, this sounds like something I could get more over at the rethink real estate podcast. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. yeah that's the great. fun thing about that is because it's, it's three of us and we have, we're from different markets, different uh, kind of areas in, in our career. So we tend to have different takes on things. So it's kind of a fun discussion. Uh, you know, we we're not always on the same page. So gotcha. hopefully that, that's interesting to the audience. Somewhere in your career path and we didn't talk about it yet, but you also served in the uh, army, correct? Uh, yes, the Army National Guard. I'm I'm still in. I'm in my 15th year. So wow, talk about that. Um, I, I I I know a little bit about the guard. I know that you have a couple or a couple of weeks every probably sometime during the year where you're obligated to fulfill a, a certain requirement. But what's what's it look like for the rest of the year for you? Uh, yeah, the the Army National Guard and well, and the Air Guard uh, and Reserves can look very similar on the outside because it's same requirements. You've got uh, you've got one week in a month. You got two weeks of a year. Um, then you obviously could possibly de- be deployed. Um, mm-hmm. But for for me, you know, I, I transitioned a few years ago from enlisted to to warrant officer. Um, and that's really helped me to be more in an official position of leadership to be able to affect better change and, and kind of the theme again, you know, maybe being able to mentor younger soldiers and uh, kind of affect the culture. And I mean, that's, so there's definitely some similarities between, you know, the career I've, I've chosen in the, Army National Guard, as well as real estate, just kind of being in a position where I can affect positive change, you know, in, in my world. That's great. Well, I mean, well, obviously, thank you for your service. And second, what a great, yeah, what a great way to tie the two things together. Let's talk a little bit about some things that I've, you've talked about on your website, by the way, I love your website. Um, really you. well done. Yeah. So you spent some um, time and energy and resources and money there. That's awesome. But I, I want to ask you about this, this quote, you know, that, um, that it, you're frustrated with, you know, the status quo and that, and that's not the way we do things mentality in real estate. I'm sure you saw that early in your career. Uh, so, so talk about when you decided to go out on your own with Seatown real estate. Um, how did that all play together? You know, a, a couple, a couple years into, uh, into being a new agent, I mean, I'm only in my fifth year. So I mean, I'm still in the grand scheme of things pretty green. So when I first got into real estate, um, you know, I absorbed everything I could. I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Just teach me how to be a real estate agent, how to, how to do the job. And, and some of the training was really great. You know, I started as a big, at a big uh, franchise here locally and uh, some of it wasn't so great. I kind of realized a lot of the agents have been doing it forever. Um, the things they would tell new agents to do, they weren't doing, or if they did do them, it was basically what they've been doing for 40 years. And mm-hmm. you're starting to realize, well, they don't, really understand like the world's changing. The internet's changing things. People communicate differently. They want different stuff. Um, they want to what they want to be serviced differently. You know, if we're going to, we're going to keep with our uh, kind of conventional model of a, a commission model, like we're going to have to start providing more services uh, because frankly, you know, your average agent doesn't really provide very much. And 
they get, they get a pretty large paycheck, you know? Um, and so I, I really started, you know, wrongly or, or rightly or whatever. The, I started basically ignoring what other agents were saying, just kind of put my head down and said, you know, I'm going to do this differently. Uh, I started kind of combining head, um, heads with a couple of friends of mine and we quickly decided to be able to do this. No franchise is going to give us the, the latitude to be able to do what we want to do, market the way we want to, kind of be honest the way we want to, uh, pull back the curtain, if you will. Um, and so two years in, the writing was kind of on the wall. And so I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to have to go out on my own. And as I started considering that, I started thinking, okay, well, now we got to think about, you know, business structure and commission models and agent training and support and hiring and stuff. And, and I started getting really excited and kind of realized, okay, my, my real calling is to, to leverage my strengths, which, which tends, you know, maybe it's my military background, but tends to be kind of systems oriented, processes oriented, started with, okay, what are we trying to do here strategically? And then kind of break that down into the specific tactics. Um, and most agents aren't like that. Most agents seem to be very type A, like I just want to be in front of people. I don't care about technology or databases or systems. And so I thought, well, how can I leverage my skills and provide that for them so they can just focus on what they do well and you know they benefit from it, the agents uh, or the clients benefit from it and just makes makes it better for everyone. Um, and so that's kind of where the, the initial thoughts of, of starting my own brokerage started was how to support the agents, which then would make a better experience for, for the clients. Without going too deep into the Keller Williams, you know, world with they're heavy in the disc test, right. And all sure. that stuff. But, 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 but in basic terms, you want salespeople who in the real estate space, who definitely are not afraid to talk to people or pick up the phone and make calls. But you also need that, that you need those other types, the D's or whatever they are, right. That are really focusing hard on, um, keeping that systems and those processes you talk about in place. So is that something that you, you're conscious about that you, you look for people that have the right, op, the right, you know, that right um, mode to be, to be able to talk to people, but you need some other people that are going to support, right? Sure. You know, I haven't gotten you know, super deep in the weeds as far as, you know, doing personality tests and stuff. Um, I, I am very particular about the type of agents that I'll invite on um, to C-Town. Um, Cause if you, you know, you get on the website, you can kind of tell pretty quickly that like, I've got some very uh, particular ways I like doing things and the way that I think, and, you know, we're big into philanthropy and community involvement uh, and mm-hmm. kind of doing things, you know, the, the best that can be done. We don't, we don't cut corners. And, and so that's not going to be a good fit for everyone. You know, some agents just want, you know, a low commission split to be left alone, do their own thing. Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to be a good fit, you know, here. Um, I want agents that are going to use our CRM, which is the backbone of how we do things that are going to, want to utilize our training and be on board with, uh, you know, being involved with the community and philanthropy and, and that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, this has largely been an experiment and to kind of see, you know, Hey, are these grandiose ideas I have, are they really going to work? Is anyone going to care about it? And, uh, you know, the community response and the response from other agents and clients has been really encouraging. I mean, we're just a little over a year, uh, into having the, the doors open, and so far, you know, about half our agents have come to us because, hey, I like what you're doing. I love that you give back. I love that uh, you want to do things different, uh, that you are pushing back against the status quo and you're okay with that. I'm sure you know Chavi and Kim, right? I'm, I'm familiar with them. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, doing the same sort of thing, right? I mean, for them, it's their tribe and they're trying yep. to make sure they're working with the people that are like-minded and you're able to help them because you understand them, right? It, exactly. You, you, what I tell, you know, new agents, is like, you want to be known for something. You don't want to you know, try to appeal to everyone because then you appeal to no one. You're just white noise. And that's really what 
you know, in my experience, the majority of agents do and what the majority of agents are taught, like, don't talk about yourself, be, you know, as, as appealing to everyone as you can. And, and I believe more the opposite. I mean, just like, you know, the, the divas that you refer to, like, you know, they have doubled down on, you know, their community involvement and their involvement with politics. And like, that makes them appeal to a you know very specific group of people. And that's the people they want to work with. Now it may repel others, but those are people that don't want to work with typically that aren't going to be a good fit for them. It makes total sense. And that's what I think the, the niche economy is really where the future of real estate is. You know, no one wants a generalist anymore. Everyone wants a specialist in whatever their field is. Yeah. And that specialist is not just their real estate, but the specialist could just be their culture. And that's awesome. I, I love that. Let's, let's talk about what you're doing and, and what's different with C-Town when it comes to um, working with charities in your community um, and nonprofits. And you had a very interesting strategy for um, connecting with the nonprofits up front and offering, offering a really cool incentive. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, initially, when we started, you know, I wanted to build philanthropy and, and giving into the business model, not just do kind of one off once a year, you know, kind of token um, charity events. And so initially, you know, I said, hey, we're, we're going to obviously, you know, all the agents are independent contractors. I can't tell them what to do with their commission or their business structure. But, you know, I want agents on board that that are going to want to do what we do, which is, you know, to to be willing to donate a percentage of their commission proceeds to a nonprofit that clients choice. But then as I thought about it, I'm like, how can we really double down on this? How can we almost use this as a, a marketing effort to not only make a bigger impact, but uh, to also generate more business. And so I came up with a community partnership program where essentially, you know, we partner with, with specific nonprofits. Um, and you know, I, I, I piloted this with a local nonprofit who we had already built a relationship with basically said, you know, if, if we get a new real estate client, someone that wants to buy or sell their house and they come to us and say, Hey, I heard about you through XYZ charity. I want to sell my house with you. We then donate 25% of our commission back to that charity after closing uh, in the form of a donation. Um, So so essentially it works in the same way as a referral. Technically it's not, that would be illegal. uh, But you know, it's, it's done as a, as a donation. So it's, incentivizes them to partner with us, but then we actually get business so we can give, give more back. So, which in turn leads to how many more transactions down the road <laughs> with that? Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's the ultimate goal, right? Is you're yeah. creating another relationship with, with another person thinking the same way you're thinking. And it just yeah. seems like a awesome idea. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's had, you know, some really, like I said, the community response has been really great because I mean, the, I launched that during a, uh, I'm really involved with the local West Yale chapter here. Um, and so I launched that during one of our after hour, you know, networking events, really well, well received, just happened to also have a local reporter there who then did a piece that got on the front page of the local paper, um, which has kind of been a, a, you know, spiraling uh, effect to get it out to the community. And, and it's been, uh, it's been really popular. So it's, it's exciting to see. Congratulations on that. That I love those stories. Let me, let me ask you about, you, you mentioned there's a CRM you use. Do you mind telling us which one it is, why you chose it, and talk a little bit about how it's important? Yeah, happily. Uh, so we, we use Realvolve, mm-hmm. um, which you know, I, I know you had Kindle on here, uh, friends with her, and was actually just on Realvolve's, um, their, their webinar uh, that Kindle hosted you know, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, it's been pretty transformative in, in my business because I had tried five different, six different CRMs before this. Um, cause I mean, I understand, I mean, you, you need to be organized. I'm, I'm pretty organized person, you know, and, and with only so many hours in the day, uh, 
you know, the person who's most efficient wins. Uh, the person who's most focused wins because, you know, you, you can't outwork other people in the sense of you're know, working more than 24 hours. But if you can make your time uh, more efficient, more focused, uh, then, you know, you'll do better. And something like a, a CRM and databases to keep track of stuff uh, is really going to be key to that. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Realvolve, but one of the, the strengths of it is that it's really powerful, but it's also really intuitive to use. Um, and then it involves uh, workflows. So I've created workflows for uh, for myself and then I scaled them for the brokerage. So each new agent gets um, gets an account. They can upload their, their contacts to it. It's already got built-in workflows so that when they start a new listing, they start a workflow and it literally walks them through the process from ordering title through, you know, staging and contacting, you know, stagers and ordering title through email templates with merge fields. Um, it really built so that you don't drop the ball and you can handle more um, and not have to be in a constant st- state of stressing out and wondering, you know, am I doing everything I need to? Um, did I forget something? Yeah. So, so that sounds like it's um, also a huge part of your training. It's, it's, it's built into the system as part of how you handle a new agent. Uh, it is very much so. Um, yeah. and, and we also have some internal um, training that we're working on. It's not quite up and running, but you know, maybe by the time this is, uh, this is released, it will be, but it's uh, realestatebusinesstraining.com. And it's essentially not sales training, not marketing, uh, well, a little marketing, but mostly focusing on, you know, how do you set up your real estate business as a business? Kind of a prioritization of like, these are the most important things you need to do as a new agent or as a veteran agent who is organized and wants to become more, uh, more intentional about how they run their business. So, so I'm, I'm launching that obviously free for all my agents and then it'll be kind of a nominal, nominal fee outside of that for agents nationally. So. I'll tell you, um, in your the spirit of charity and giving that you talk about, I think that's the most valuable thing you're doing for your agents is making them think like they're a small business owner and um, setting themselves up for success down the road, right? I want, If you haven't heard this episode yet, Nick Crowder in Portland is doing some wonderful things with you know um, a book called The Golden Handoff. And, and the one thing an agent who's going to make this a long-term career has at the end of the day when they're all said and done is a database of people who like, know, and trust them that they could hand off to someone, um, obviously creating an annuity of sorts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a um, good job. Keep that up. That's great. For sure. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the podcast. You, you, it's, at, the, at the opening, you talked about uh, that the, the C-Town podcast wasn't about real estate at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, actually, it's all about real estate. It's all about you connecting with the community, right? And bringing that information to a place where those that are looking for information can find it, right? You just meant you don't talk specifically about real estate, right? Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's true. I mean, because I started about two years ago. And you know, I've been a, a big, big fan of podcasts, listen to all, all, all sorts. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going I'm to start a podcast, something that I can help benefit the community. Like, what do I make it about? And like, initially... The obvious one was, well, do I make it about real estate? And I was thinking, well, most people, unless they're actively buying or selling the house, probably don't care about real estate. The only people that end up listening to it are the real estate agents. And not that I don't care about them, but that's not the audience I'm looking for for this podcast. And so I started thinking, you know, well, I enjoy networking and meeting other business owners, hearing their stories with a neighborhood like West Seattle that's very, you know, like shop local first, let's support, support the community. There's tons of people that would probably appreciate that as well. And so I thought, well, how, why not get their stories out to the community? You know, obviously it also helps to get the, get that business story out there, but then also helps in positioning as far as, uh, as far as myself. Uh, one of the things I tell 
our new agents is like, you, you want to be known for something and it needs to be something other than just being a real estate agent. Um, just because, you know, people just automatically kind of associate real estate agents with, with sales, which is not something people typically like being sold to, you know, they don't, you know, you're at a dinner party and you're like, Hey, I do real estate. They're, they're probably not going to like stick around a lot, trying to pick your brain about, you know, what's it, what's, you know, what's it like being a salesperson, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but if you are a podcast host or you're involved in the community, you're part of the chamber or you, you know, volunteer with this charity or whatever, like if you got something other than just real estate to talk about, like that's going to position you as much more of an expert and, you know, as something, as something else. I mean, that was really, it was kind of a two pronged, you know, motivation at, at first. And it's really proved to be very cool because it's a great excuse to like get in front of essentially the community leaders that, you know, own the other businesses and, you know, what singular thing in a, in a community other than the businesses create that, that, that culture and that climate of the neighborhoods. Yeah. I'm sure two years into this, you probably know every owner <laughs> within, within a how many block radius. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my goal. So in, in the important, in the, in the world of your podcast, that there is value to you for building relationships, the people that you're interviewing. And so, but there's also value in the podcast because you're now a content provider providing really local, good quality information about people that, two people that might be thinking about West Seattle. In your mind, after a couple of years, which side of that equation has more importance for you? I'd say the, the value, the value for me is in the, the relationships with the business owners. Because obviously, you know, if they're able to get more traction, get their story out there. You know, it, it might be kind of challenging to, to measure the ROI of, you know, a particular business's podcast episode and how much that translates into, into new business. But I mean, for me, you know, I look at, I look at myself as a, as a connector. I mean, if I can do something to help someone else, whether or not there's compensation involved, like I'm going to do it. Um, so, I mean, I love that the podcast has kind of become this, this hub for people that are looking for either businesses or services, or um, or just talking about marketing. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't have a marketing background, but I've had to kind of figure it out. Um, obviously, doing real estate and and this podcast has you know has been huge in kind of formulating the my thoughts on content marketing and the value of producing that content, being in control of your business, being in control of your own message. Um, you know, but ultimately for, for me, it's about you know who can I help first if that results in in business and you know karma, whatever, great. But, but, you know, really it's about what business is going to help, what person in the community, what nonprofit, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I try to lead with, you know, um, right. and, and, and same with agents and, and with clients, like I've advised clients. I'm like, I don't think it's a good time for you to sell your house. I think this is what you need to do. I just turned down business, but I think that's much better than convincing them to sell their house. And then they kick themselves and then look back and be like, oh, I hate that real estate agent because he conned me out of, you know, this thing that would have been better for me or, or whatever. And you know, as well as everyone listening to the podcast, that there are people that are 180 degrees different than you when it comes to business, that everything is specifically measured and everything has to have this sort of result. And it's all about the lead generation and, and moving down this path. And it's okay. Um, everyone can have their own thought and belief and, and be successful in their own way, right? Yeah. Well, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I measure everything. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's, it, it, but it, but it, most of what I do, um, cause I mean, you could consider the podcast marketing, um, you could yep. consider the community partnership program marketing. It, it costs money. Um, but it is marketing. It is getting the word out there. It's becoming known for something. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm all about tracking those results and, and whatnot, but most of what I do is is long game. Um, you know, the agents that, that when I was first starting that came to me, like, I don't get it. Like, what's your ROI on your podcast? I'm like, that's not the purpose. The purpose is positioning. And that's why, like, you're never going to be in this position. You're always going to be a salesperson known for being a salesperson and people are going to run from you because you're chasing them as opposed to, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully creating something that is of value to the people around me and they're drawn to what I'm doing. Um, and those are very different business models. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Ari Think real estate podcast. The two gentlemen you mentioned, did you meet them in San Francisco last year at the Inman? Is that what you said? Uh, I did. Yeah. We met uh, at San Francisco, uh, 2017, uh, Inman connect. Um, that's Chris Lazarus and uh, Nathan white. Um, you know, and really the idea behind this was, you know, how do we provide something to the general real estate community that, that could be of, be of service, could be interesting, um, hopefully kind of supplement maybe the local training they're getting or, or whatever, and have some honest discussion about the, the current topics, you know, hot button issues and stuff in real estate. Where are they located? Uh, Nathan White is in Columbus, Ohio, and Chris Lazarus is in Atlanta, Georgia. So this, this is going to be a small world thing here, uh, Christian. I do a second podcast as well, and it's uh, called The Stare Down, which is sports talk and real estate. So it's, it's just totally for fun. Sure. And my, the three of us on this podcast would be Sean Carpenter from Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and Todd Meininger, who's located just outside Atlanta in Cummins, Georgia. <laughs> so oh, <that's> <laughs> we have the same, they might, you know, have to connect up somehow. Yeah, um, for sure. So, so is that, how often do you do that podcast? Um, how, you know, talk about the timing and things on that. Sure. We, we usually uh, kind of block out and do two or three recordings in, in one session. Okay. Um, and kind of like we're doing, you know, we, we use zoom and record, uh, locally and upload to Dropbox. And then, uh, then Chris mixes it all and, and we try to push one out, one episode out each, each week. Are you getting um, feedback from people on that podcast? Do you have people that are asking questions and, or do you solicit questions trying for, for looking for ideas? Uh, we, we do. I mean, we're, we've, I think it's been live maybe two months. Okay. Um, but I mean, considering the, the broad nature of the audience, you know, it's growing much faster than my podcast has because, you know, the only people that are going to listen to mine are, are people that live in Seattle, presumably. Right. Um, so, I mean, it seems like it's, it's gotten out there um, pretty well. I mean, obviously, we, we're all connected and we've you know, pushed it out to the Inman community and other uh, organizations that we're, we're members of. So, Other than the um, podcast content, which is super critical and important for your business, what else are you doing uh, to, to kind of let people know what you know? Um, like I kind of alluded to, I'm, I'm really involved in uh, the local West Seattle chamber here. Um, when I open my brokerage, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, double down on, on community involvement. Like, I don't know what this chamber thing is, but I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, and that's been really great. Um, you know, so much so that the, the executive director of, you know, the chamber essentially said, Hey, you know, I, I, I want you to be on the board and I want you to be on, you know, head up the marketing committee. Um, and so, I mean, that's been pretty cool. Cause I mean, I, I frankly, you know, I'm, I'm just figuring stuff out and I've got ideas because I know what resonates with me when people are, you know, when there's a message or something. And so I just kind of implement that kind of reverse engineer and implement it. Um, you know, I don't have a MBA or marketing degree or anything, but the message seems to be getting out there and, and resonating with people. So, um, and then obviously I'm on, you know, the social channels with Facebook and Instagram and, Twitter and been doing more uh, Facebook live, which uh, has gotten some, some pretty good response, but uh, obviously there's different schools of thought and 
you know, how to use social and, and the value of video and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, my final question. I, we've have had you here the half hour, so let me, I'll wrap it up with the same thing I've asked every guest since day one. Um, who is someone in your area? Jay Thompson <laughs> up in Seattle, Zillow. If you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? The, the couple pieces of advice I'd say it would be to go, to go all in. Um, don't mess around with it and toy with it and just kind of dabble um, and, and don't be lazy. Don't just look around you and copy what agents around you are doing. You know, in general, I, I tell my new agents, like if, if, if more than a couple agents around you are doing, doing, doing the same thing, don't do that. Go figure out what, what you want to stand for, how, how to stand out in the marketplace, provide better and more and different services, and then focus on that. Just kind of put your head down, ignore what others are doing around you. If you're, if you're rocking the boat, you'll hear about it. But really, if, if you're, if you're client focused, client centric, uh, like that's, that's what matters. You know, if you're, if you're focused on serving the client better. Christian, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, they can email me Christian Harris at ctown.com and that's uh, sea town.com. Um, or you can go to our website, which, you know, has links to all of my, uh, social media handles and whatnot, um, at, at ctown.com. Am I going to see you in San Francisco in July? Are you heading down to Inman Connect this year? I wouldn't miss it. Yep, I'll be there. Awesome. Well, we'll have to definitely connect uh, there. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll be in a some sort of ambassador shirt, so you, you sh- I should stand out. Great. <laughs> Sounds bit, but but I'll be be excited to meet you and uh, and talk a little bit more. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. For sure. Thanks for the opportunity, Bill. Appreciate it.